This episode of Sex Lives is sponsored by Showtime's Masters of Sex. This Sunday on Showtime, Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan star in Masters of Sex. It's the swinging 60s. Masters and Johnson have published their controversial study and are thrust into the spotlight as the unlikely leaders of the sexual revolution. Masters of Sex, new episode Sundays at 10, 9 central, only on Showtime. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells, and with me today are Maureen O'Connor, New York sex columnist. Hey, Maureen. Hey, David. And Allison Davis of The Cut. Hello. Hey. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the politics of where to come. Really, this should be the subject of an ethics PhD, which I think Maureen is writing as we speak. (laughs) I'm working towards my (laughs) dissertation. And we're also going to be talking about uh, what Vulture recently called the year of the strap-on in culture, from Sensate to Broad City to Amy Schumer. Dildos have been apparently everywhere on TV this year. On to our first topic, where should I come? (laughs) Maureen, I hope you don't mind my describing your upcoming column on this subject as an opus. I think the first time we talked about it was actually several years ago. I don't think that's possible. I've only been in New York Magazine for several years. <laughs> I think it was like a fir- literally the first conversation we had about your column. It might have been. I think yeah. it actually might have been in my first batch of pitches, though. You're right. In my in my mind, you've been working on it every day since. Um, so tell us about how you started thinking about this as like a ethical, per- political dilemma. It started, as so many of my columns do, by a friend asking me while drinking at a bar. And he was like, you know, what should my default be in terms of, like, where to come? And he described it as the sort of, like, the first sexually fraught negotiation that happens in a new relationship. And it happens over the course of, like, 10 seconds of, like, oh, wait, hang on. Oh, how, where am I going to? Ah. Also, that sound effect was great. <laughs> Thanks. That's really solid. That's my man coming impression. When do you actually have these conversations about where it's going to happen and how do you handle those conversations well? Like, what's the right way to do that? Good question. I would vote before sex, like uh, when you know you're going to have sex, but before you start having sex, maybe get that out of the way. Then you're so boxed in. (laughs) (laughs) Only one way to go. Well, I mean, I suppose there's... three moves ahead or whatever. The sort of, (laughs) yeah, the chess champion of sex. (laughs) I mean, I suppose there's the, like... The moment you're figuring out what's going to happen, is it a blowjob or is it sex? And then if it's sex, is there a condom? And, you know, so there's sort of like the stages of like, and then does that when you ask about the finale, I guess. So I ask people, and you're like, well, logically, you could talk about that at the beginning, except sort of nobody does. Even people, you know, in sort of like long term relationships are like, oh, you know, we have our routines, but we don't usually say where it's going to go until we're like at that moment. That's the surprise ending. It's the one improvisational <laughs> moment in the. In yeah, the... the moment of jazz in the. <laughs> you need to be improvisational, yeah, so but creative as well. A lot of pressure. Is it about where to come that's like most respectful, or is it where to come that's hottest, or is it. The complication that we're dealing with both of those questions at once. I think it's a little bit of both. It's what happens and what that moment sort of like means or is in the way we understand hookups and sex and sort of our relationships. I mean, there was a time with sort of the idea of the cum shot, you know, in pornography is usually the cinematic ending of the narrative. And I think to some degree we do think of or people that have sex with men sort of think of that as the the end is the orgasm. In most cases, it, you know, at least the penetrative sex is probably over when a man comes. Right. Yeah. That's the finish line. There you go. <laughs> Usually is. Yeah. And so 
there's a sort of weirdness that at the end of the sex act, there's this like extremely visceral moment. And for people having recreational sex, which is a very large quantity of the sex being had in this world, it's also like this thing that you're sort of managing all the time. And so you have sort of managing the health end of things. You're managing the pregnancy risk end of things. You're managing the cleanliness and the like, oh, God, am I going to have to do my sheets? I want to be respectful. But it's also like a moment that is very sort of passionate and heated and sort of fetishized. And so I think the combination of hotness and mechanics and respectfulness makes it just really interesting to me. I mean, it obviously has to be a conversation, at least for me. I think if someone were to like come on your chest or your back or your leg or your face without saying like I'm gonna do that is that okay it's like there has to be consent I was shocked when I started asking everybody about sort of like where do you want someone to come or how do you do this negotiation the number of people that were kind of like I don't talk about it I just like did it on her face and you're like whoa (laughs) not to derail the conversation but it's like it's the whole idea of pulling out to like jerk off seems so crazy to me (laughs) you had an amazing metaphor about this David what did yeah. I say? It's like it's like being in the middle of a meal and then like pausing to eat some leftovers instead. <laughs> yeah, it's like I could eat, I could jerk off any time. Why do I want to jerk off while I'm ha- like I'm having sex with somebody? I don't know. Like sometimes it's taking too long. Sometimes like that's erotic yep. for your partner or. I don't so know. It's I like think many that, reasons. It's not always a leftover. In broad terms, for men, that act is very sort of fetishized and hot in and of itself. There are also situations, I think, when some people are fucking that a woman doesn't want to swallow the jizz. And so, you know, the guy will pull out for that. Or they're having sex using the pull-out method. Or there are some guys that don't want to come in a condom or can't come in their condom and they need to, you know, rip it off and do something else at the end. I think with women... There's the mechanics of like, I don't want to swallow it or um, or get pregnant or I don't want to get pregnant. I respect my sheets. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But then there's also this funny thing of the number of times I talk to women that are like, God, it's like, I just want to finish already. You don't want to be like, hurry up and come. But like, oh, baby, come on my tits right now. It's like, (laughs) like (laughs) you, you, you just sort of play into this crazy fetish thing. But it's actually your way of saying this needs to end. Right. And even if it takes a little while, you're done. You're just going to. You're about to be done now. Like, you you got to be done now. Finally. <laughs> and I am allowed to keep on saying, like, finish, 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 finish until you get there. But the fetish part of it is probably the more interesting part. Like, then right. on both sides, people think that this is hotter than regular sec or, like, hotter, a hotter way to end than inside. That's true. I mean, a group of friends and I had, a like, our morning after group text going on Sunday. And everyone's like, oh, I'm waking up, I'm going to brunch. And one friend's like, oh, I woke up with some cum on my face. And, like, the applause she got from the group was just like, yes, like, that's amazing. You had the best night. You had the best morning. I like that she didn't, like, she just immediately fell asleep. So it was like she didn't <laughs> yeah. even wipe it off. Nope, just, like, well, it's, like, hard to dry. wash off sometimes. It it's like, like <laughs> I have um, to say. Like glue, like that glue you use in school, right? Or, like, like you Elmer's. use yeah. scrub and wash and then, like, there's still, like, weird flakiness later. Is this fetish, like, does it just come from the money shot in porn? Because the money shot, at least the way it's been explained to me, the way I understand it is, like, they came up with that in order to prove that the sex was real, not simulated. It became a sort of fetish moment in the porn shoot later. But at first it was just so that viewers would know that they weren't watching softcore, they were watching hardcore. These people were actually getting off. There's another porn historian who pointed out that in the 60s, sexual education about birth control just wasn't as strong. And they were saying, you know, some female porn stars were just worried or they thought it was just inconsiderate of a guy to come in them because they weren't fully confident in how well all that's going. When I talk to people who like seeing their partner's jizz or their jizz, one guy I spoke to said, 
in terms of both him coming and his partners coming, he's gay. He goes, I just really like to see the fruits of my labor. <laughs> just want to know I did a good job. So then you're like not just looking for cum, but you're also looking for like how hard a cum it is, how big. It's that it's the entire sort of just orgasmic moment, right. I think, and everything that comes with it in right. a case like that. Anecdotally, have peppy like women told you why they like getting cummed on if they do? Women told me there was a similar sort of like, you know, I like to see what I accomplished. There are people that just straight up were just like, it's sexy. I don't know why. This is a substance that is sexual and I just like it. So it's the actual substance that's hot. It's not even watching it come out. We pulled a clip from Liz Fair's song HWC, Hot White Cum. Is that is this a good moment yeah, for it in terms it. of cool. whether people actually just like the cum itself? I think some do, judging by the way Liz sang in her opus I would on the matter. As you can see that, on the one hand, she's really into the hot white cum, A. B, there's this bizarre mythos around whether semen somehow has some kind of health benefit. Yeah, secret yeah, beauty talk, routine, Yeah, I want to talk said. about that. Is that true? So, <laughs> is it good for your complexion? Probably not. Yeah. One thing we know for sure is that topically putting testosterone all over your face, if you're acne prone, is probably going to make you break out more. But there are people who think that the protein in jizz and various sort of like chemical properties are supposed to be anti-aging. Heather Locklear said that. There was an episode of Nip Tuck that was surrounded around that. Oh, Helen Gurley Brown also believed the sort of like fascination and jokes about that. That can't actually be about the beauty power of it. It's sort of the titillation of saying, oh my God, Helen Gurley Brown says she loves to run jizz all over her face <laughs> because it's a sexual thing and it's a weird fetishy fantasy thing too. So, but then to get back to the sort of ethics politics question, like how do we rank these in a hierarchy? I mean, I'm tempted to say the spectrum goes from like most respectful to hottest, but maybe that's like a... <laughs> misleading way to think of it that those are your two like axes yeah your two extremes you gotta Um, balance those no i disagree i disagree with that on a sort of fundamental level in that i don't think that those are the two poles of hotness and respect respect can be hot or can it and like disrespect can be hot too that can i think that those are those those are axes not two ends of one spectrum Uh right a matrix yes when i was looking into this initially i was just kind of like oh dealing with the mechanics of cleanup and that kind of stuff and the things we say are hot because actually we just don't want to ruin our bed sheets. But then when I started reading the sort of anti-porn feminists from like starting in the 70s up until, you know, Andrew Dworkin as late as 1993 said, it is conventional pornography that the sperm is on her, not in her. It marks the spot, what he owns and how he owns it. The ejaculation on her is a way of saying through showing that she's contaminated with his dirt, that she is dirty. And that to me was almost sort of surprising, that idea that having jizz on a person is disrespectful to them or ought to be, 
You know, it's only dirty if you assume that a woman who has sex and is marked by sex is somehow a bad woman. I would say that's a super sex positive view of things. I mean, I think if you're like standing over a woman and jerking off onto her face, some part of what you're doing is disrespecting her, even if it's like to her pleasure. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's a really retrograde way of thinking of it. That might, I mean, if I don't know. If it's something the like she wants, how is it disrespecting yeah. her? I mean, on the other hand, there, you know, obviously there's the like, it is degrading. That's why it's hot. I believe that was a Dan Savage oh, yeah. said about it. And there is something sort of just cognitively like weird about imagining like anything on your face. Like you're like, that's my identity. You want to put like your orgasm on my identity. Or more urgently for me, you're going to make my mascara run. I can't <laughs> deal with that. I put my makeup on for this date. But I I do think that there's something sort of flawed about seeing it in terms of respect, assuming that like a guy having his satisfaction with a woman is fundamentally disrespectful to her or take something away from her that like being touched by jizz is somehow making her less of a person. Does it mean something different to like come on someone's back versus to come on their face or come on their tits or is it? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I do think there are a lot of people that see it on the respect spectrum, although I don't think you have to see it that way. Well, the back, it feels like you're literally fucking and you're just saying, I'm not going to come in you. Right. That's like all of it. There's no other performative aspect of it. Whereas uh, like coming yeah. on your tits or your face, you're jerking off onto them. It's like slightly different. So it's like all contextual, basically. Right. Like yeah. Access. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The funny thing is um, some people sort of put it in terms of chivalry. I remember when well, that's, um, that's that true. app Lulu that let you like rape men, one of their positive um, tags Wait, was Lulu. <laughs> I'm taking a circuitous route, but one of their positive <laughs> tags was always sleeps in the wet spot. You're Aww. like, ew, but that's supposed oh. to be chivalrous? Uh, yeah, totally. He's... I just felt grossed out by that. <laughs> I think it's nice. He's like, so nice he sleeps team. in the wet spot. Yeah. Well, it's nicer than the alternative, I guess, right? Making, making I mean, you sleep in the uncomfortable wet spot? I don't know. I just I just don't know that. It's like giving you flowers almost. (laughs) (laughs) I think it just wasn't a thing I'd tabulate all the time. Would it be like handing you a towel would be also sort of chivalrous if you're like, I brought something along to help you? (laughs) Yeah. Like one girl I talked to was like, you know, when the dude is wiping you, she's like, that's so infantilizing and rude. And I was like, who's wiping you? She's like, I don't know. It's a way of them showing their like kindness to me. Yeah, that seems a little weird. That to me. seems weird. I would say just like hand the person a clean towel yeah. that you've taken out of a drawer as opposed to like grabbing off the floor. Or a dryer, it's warm. Oh, it's, ooh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> or like direct them to the shower if that's what they offer your shower if that's what they want. Yeah. So we've been talking about the politics of jizz. And before we move on to talking about the year in dildos, uh, <laughs> really oh, raunchy show today. <laughs> a quick word from our sponsor. Our sponsor this week is Showtime's Masters of Sex. This Sunday on Showtime, the critically acclaimed series Masters of Sex, starring Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan, returns for a provocative new season. It's the swinging 60s, and Masters and Johnson have been thrust into the spotlight with the publication of their controversial study. As their newfound fame and pressures mount, their relationship becomes a twisted and tangled love triangle, putting these unlikely leaders of the sexual revolution in a position that even they might not be able to handle. Masters of Sex, new episode Sundays at 10, 9 central, only on Showtime. Our next topic, the year of the strap-on. In a great piece on Vulture, Margaret Lyons called 2015 in TV the year of the strap-on, citing dildo sightings on Broad City, Sense8, Orange is the New Black, and Inside Amy Schumer. Have you guys noticed this too? Yeah, I mean, I saw that Broad City episode with uh, pegging, and I was, I was like, what? Immediately oh, legendary like, pegging <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, I think Very everyone famous. was talking about that. And then I just marathoned through Orange is the New Black and also was like, whoa, what? There's a strap-on very visibly in the scene. So it's definitely popping up in all the so to popular speak. shows. So to speak, <laughs> in all the popular shows. Um, what, do you, what do you make of that? 
You know, I had a really like weird personal response to the pegging episode of Broad City. It like made me insecure about how sexually adventurous I was. If they're like already showing pegging on a TV show, uh, something that's like normal and mm-hmm. to try. Like, what am I doing? It wasn't presented as totally <laughs> normal. That was, she was she was thrown by it, but still went for it. You yeah. Know? Like, but, like, what's up with God my sex her. life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to diversify a bit. Um, but I mean, I think it's it it is surprising. It seems like the kind of the last surprising sex act you can throw on a on a mainstream television show. We've gotten like gotten everything else, so here's the last frontier. Yeah, I remember being like personally sort of scandalized seeing dildos on Sex in the City when I was like a teenager. <laughs> I mean, I know that was like 15 years ago, but it, I was like, holy shit, a dildo on TV? That is crazy. <laughs> But I guess now it's like, uh, you know, everywhere you look. Yeah, everywhere you look, there's a strap on. But I mean, it's great that there are more realistic portrayals. I mean, especially like for lesbian sex scenes, that it's not like some beautiful like, oh, we'll just stare at both of their tits. You know, we're looking at something. Right, like curtains blowing. It's like a real, this is how we do it. I mean, I think Margaret's point was that the more we normalize previously stigmatized sex acts, the better. So I guess keep showing your dildos. I don't know. So is this just like a part of our bigger liberalization, you know, getting more and more comfortable with sex. Well, I think and... Margaret also pointed out that a dildo is a thing a woman uses. Well, I guess not always, not always but no. no. So that she, you know, she pointed out, say, like, a strap-on is a thing a woman uses. So you're using, you know, just showing more types of sex that actually has nothing to do with a man. One thing that struck me was just that most of the shows, anyway, are comedies. And so right. there is something mm-hmm. interesting to me about using a strap-on sort of for a laugh or using a dildo yeah. for a laugh because... I'm not sure that my gender politics are exactly up to date, but it does seem like a little like we're laughing at female empowerment to laugh at. Yeah. I mean, the Broad City was definitely a punchline, but it was still a female empowerment. She yeah, I guess was so the, proud of the herself. The joke was really or, on the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He cared about his like $800 strap on. But she was, I mean, uh, the this whole... This is a spoiler alert, uh, Maureen. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, Maureen. She, she puts it, it in the dishwasher And then it gets destroyed. And, and it gets, gets destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. And the guy is so upset because it costs so much money. Oh. It's like a hand carved. You know, you always <laughs> you always hear that when when you're reading sort of like sex ed stuff that they're like, and you can put your sex toys in the dishwasher. And you're always like, goodness, I mean, only if you like live alone. If you got roommates, that is a weird situation. <laughs> also, I just imagine like opening the dishwasher and like every single place <laughs> is full. It's someone else's dildo <laughs> yeah. vibrator. It's like an open, that's an open roommate situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but my point about Broad City was that even though it was a punchline, it was still a moment of empowerment for, it was Abby? Yes. Yeah. I know that because from Margaret's article. Right. Okay. Uh, it was a moment of empowerment for Abby that was like, yes, like I've crossed this barrier. I can do whatever I want as a sex positive woman, including pegging this hot guy that I've been crushing on for a while. Um, like I said, it was a real eye opening moment for me personally. So do we think we're going to be seeing more dildos on TV? I don't know. Or what's next? Is there like what another? Is next? Yeah. Maureen, you're the forecaster. I don't know. You know, every trends. time that we're like, here's the final frontier, we always do manage to find a new <laughs> frontier, I have else. to say. I know. I thought like humanity and all its creativity I would um, say like uh, speaking of like our earlier segment a cum shot a true cum shot would probably be on just like a regular yeah, non-porn like, on a regular show. TV on show on like NBC yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a cum shot on Scandal that's what's coming next right? well you know because it's also that when jizz is involved it's not sort of the romance of sex the sort of like desire and longing it's we're done now I'm done desiring this I've finished so we've been talking about uh, the year of the strap-on. 
and which you can read about more on Vulture. And that's it for Sex Lives. Since Maureen is still working on her article about the politics of coming, if any of our listeners want to tweet her their stories or how they navigate that peculiar, difficult terrain, you can reach her at... At Maureen O-C-O. Our producer is Sam Dingman. Thanks also to Henan Milofsky, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. For Allison Davis and Maureen O'Connor, I'm David Wallace-Wells. We'll talk to you next time, and thanks for listening.